Hi, I'm Patrick. And I'm Jeff. And we're making a TV show. With Patrick's writing. And Jeff's experience. We're on the journey to turn this story into the next bingeable series. We're documenting our collaboration. The highs and lows and everything in between. So that you can see what it takes to make a TV show while we're developing it. This is Two Guys Making a TV Show. On today's episode, we capture the before and after of some mentorship we got from a former head of a Big Five studio, which is pretty cool. Also, we're going to try a shorter format here. We love to talk, and we recognize that the conversations between Jeff and I are the work. However, we want to create something that's fun to listen to, too. So we're going to make this a little less than 30 minutes for you guys to enjoy. I mean, the other, in in parallel to that, the other big deal was for Trey Parker and Matt Stone with South Park, right? Like, uh, also a $9 million deal. Yeah. Yeah. Through Paramount. Also a huge one. And that one actually seemed to have some figures in terms of like, we expect 14 movies and, uh, which I was like, wait, 14 movies, what the heck? Yeah. Two movies Uh, a year for seven years. That's, that's the intention, but it's to build out the world. I was just reading out, uh, Matt Stone's interview about that deal and what's he what's he doing and yeah. he talked about himself as an entrepreneur someone that said we uh we made the show that made enough money to where we could do a broadway show which made enough money to where we could do whatever he was talking about and basically they're just taking these risks at expanding where their where the content goes and how it looks and feels so these movies, they, they'd have a South Park feel to them, but it's not going to be the, the foursome of Cartman, Kyle, and mm. I don't know, Kenny and whoever the other guy is. That yeah. Guy. yeah, Stan. Um, so it could be like, he was talking about um, launching a, a Tegrity weed like actual pot strain based on the show where uh, Stan's dad starts a Tegrity Tegrity weed farm because it has Tegrity. Okay, there's a brand right there that they can create a strain and sell it. Um, So they've just got this great platform. They've got like, okay, well, that makes a little bit more sense because I thought it was just like, you guys can turn it. You guys have turned out some pretty good ideas, which they have. We're just going to have you keep, like, we're really going to buckle down and, and just mine this for all it's worth. It's like, that show's been around for almost 30 seasons. Like, how is it not already, you know, kind of dug? So their COVID first? special. Their COVID special was uh, their attempt at long form, uh, uh, their attempt again at long form content. So it's a almost 50 minute special with one story that's being told. So my, my take on it is they had a couple of uh, arcs in different seasons, like the imagination land trilogy Mm -hmm. um, where they introduced kind of a longer story. Yeah. So their attempt at these movies could be something that is like, here's, Here's the series strumming along and here's a movie that intersects at something that might be happening in the series itself mm. as a, a 
another path in to give another vantage point of what's going on in the series. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, there's all sorts of things that they could try with it that make, make that richer. Yeah. And again, it's the IP that commanded that price, right? Like for, I mean, like we were talking offline for $900 million or whatever that one was, it was a ton of money. Uh, you could make, you could make 10 superhero movies, smaller superhero movies, but 10 of them. You could make The Mandalorian, several seasons of that. You know, you could make, there's a whole bunch of, you could make a hundred indie films, you know, like you could do so, in this industry, just circling back here, in this industry that is so risky and so like my job depends on this and we're investing tons of money. What is the impetus to go, I'm going to put it all on these two guys like what if those two guys get in a car accident and die like what if those two guys just one day wake up and they're like yeah i don't really want to do this anymore and you can't tell me otherwise and they'll go well you're not going to get the rest of the 900 mil and they'll be like okay yeah i got 500 of it though so i think i'm okay you know like why that like why not for 900 million you could you could do any number of things but what is the appeal to that to putting it all on a particular storyteller creator. so i think there's there is a a perspective where risk is mitigated by that sort of deal versus uh what you're talking about the taking 900 million and spreading it across 10 90 million dollar features that involve superheroes or different ip that on its head feels diversified I mean, investing in a diversified portfolio, but the diversification is of very, they're not necessarily correlated, but each one is super high risk because it might not be as tested. Whereas the South Park franchise, you can look over time and say, okay, well, audience growth is like this and we feel like there's still opportunity to to branch out into this character a little bit more which might bring in this additional audience and how do we get uh you know different viewership across gender across age group uh to make people a little bit more interested can we do a live action special that is something that is still set in this universe but um but as some way to draw uh, older folks that might be turned off by animation into the story. Like there's, you're starting from something that already has a presence and has had a presence for 30 years or however long it's been. Well, that's interesting. I, um, I think uh, it'll be exciting having said all that, trying to, trying to dissect what the executive experience is when we have our call later today with, with the uh, gentleman that we're going to speak with, uh, given his experiences and maybe tease out and pick his brain and just get kind of a, a chance to put ourselves in the shoes of, of what an executive deals with on the inside in yeah. terms of finding the right IP and the right storytellers. Because as we can see, it is very much about who they're investing in, not just what, you know, like they are investing in Matt Stone and Trey Parker. They're investing in Reese Witherspoon. Like, it's not just about the, the nuts and bolts and, and the product itself that's created because we want to know that you can 
continue this, that, that it's organically going to build and that you have the ability to do that. Um, yeah. Well, how, how about this? Um, given that we have that conversation coming up, how about we uh, put a button on this, have our call later, maybe show up five minutes before uh, so that we're on, and then we can do like a debrief after the call. That works. So I also think that would be interesting if if someone like Tyler Tipton is listening to these on the regular, that gives him a sense of like, oh, they're having those sorts of conversations. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and to whoever else that's listening to these saying, how do I make a show? It's like, okay, well, we just had this conversation with the person that would decide that has been in the role that has decided what shows get made. Yeah. Um, I think that'd probably be interesting to yeah talk about too yeah you don't get this chance very often so pretty i feel pretty pretty excited and grateful to have it okay well then So initial context, we just got off the meeting with the former exec for one of the big five studios. Should we say his name or should we not say his name? I was thinking not just in case. Yeah, because he he doesn't know that this is going on a podcast. I think it's different than. Yeah, but um, initial thoughts, uh, super helpful. Like what a gracious, like I could, I could. And just what what a nice dude. Like I could just sit in a room with him and drink coffee and chat the afternoon away easily. Yeah. Um, great ideas. Uh, very high compliment coming from him who's probably seen his fair share of, of any kind of trailer or teaser or proof of concept or whatever to say that like it was executed well. Like that was cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and he's right. Like, like he said, he's like, I don't have to tell you that. Like, I don't like, I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it, you know? Yeah, and he, he seems to be a, a, a friendly enough person that if he was saying, I don't like it, he probably would say something like, well, it seems like you probably want to do a little bit more work here or there or this other piece. And I didn't really understand. And th- those weren't the words necessarily to come out of his mouth. It was professional, uh, uh, good casting choices, good talent from the actors felt comfortable and believable and artfully produced was artfully produced yes good talent artfully produced very stylish um those were all great things to hear um yeah yeah so this whole thing about well it's 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 interesting i mean he mentioned kind of very briefly his his sort of background in one comment which was i remember when there were only three and this rumor was coming around that Fox was going to start their own network. And we all laughed and said, four networks? Yeah, right. You know, like, what a, like that shows you the span all the way up until the present day of, of where he's seen entertainment and media move. And, yeah. and to give us guidance in terms of like, look, I really think that the 
the name of the game these days is proof of audience you know um that's that that holds water you know especially yeah. coming from him um yeah and it makes sense right like uh, i kept thinking about a good friend of mine that uh, whose wife started uh makeup line and uh he's telling me about her story that she spent what three years or something on youtube putting out different makeup tip uh, videos until she hit her first million view video and then she got brands reaching out to her saying can you use our product we'll pay you she said great she did that for a year or so and then thought well if if that's if they're paying me that much they must be making even more why don't i come up with my own line of cosmetics yeah. and she did that and i saw on linkedin they just got their office space which looks very nice and my friend had quit his job and is working full-time here and they he, he told me some of their financials and what numbers they hit on a monthly basis and i'm like that's awesome but what's his his comment to me a year and some change ago was build an audience that's the hardest part but build an audience because that's undeniable yeah and i think what's the the challenge in it is um you're not relying on anyone else to get this out into the world to be seen and liked like for me that there's a comfort in knowing oh if if we go and talk with call it amc and they say great and then they purchase pilot and we put something together and they say great let's let's uh showcase it and it doesn't get viewership we're now removed we can pat ourselves on the back for making the sale yeah um but that's ultimately not what the game is about like yeah would i love to get picked up and then have a show up and running does it it feels kind of like a shortcut um or something that might happen to us after uh a stretch of three to five projects that have garnered quite a bit of attention that then we don't have to just prove our audience we can just go straight in and say we've got this audience and this new concept let's make it happen yeah yeah it's exciting and scary and yeah. i mean the data is attractive you know there, there is a, a dialogue between creator and audience that that is available to us that we can start to test things immediately and and most of all and i think he's right because even as he was describing it you thought you said the question as i was thinking i was waiting for a pause to ask him because i was going to ask the same thing i was going to go if we had a million dollars and we could get theoretically this level of showrunner attached is that worth more or is it worth more to spend a million dollars on building an audience organically and having them at the table and I think, you know, he kind of answered it the way I thought he would, which is, well, like there's lots of money in, in Hollywood. Like there's no lack of investment and, and probably unless I'm mistaken and you guys are able to raise much, 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 much more money than I, than I think, which is possible, I guess. Um, 
audience still trumps you know like that's still the thing that's like undeniable like your friend said it's well like like uh what what i was envisioning was money is the table stakes yeah you gotta have money to to do this regardless right and it might be money coming from you it might be money coming from external investor it could be money coming from a studio or streamer that that's like a given any project that has any chance is going to have money involved so you saying well what if i have money it's like well yeah that's that that that. yeah Yeah. um when we were coming up with our strategy around raise money get a showrunner attached get pilot director attached get key talent attached package this get in front of decision makers. What I hear from the person we were just talking to was you're probably not going to be able to get the type of showrunner or pilot director or talent that you would need to in order to say, oh, this package is worth purchasing. Yeah. Unless we had gobs of money and my the figure in my head when he said if 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 you have more money than i might imagine which would be like 10 million dollars that's what i was thinking too i was like i think he's thinking 10 million dollars he's got a 10 million dollar look on his face right now yeah right and so if we had 10 million dollars to say okay we'll pay a showrunner uh two and a half and we'll pay the director one and we'll pay each of the key talent two each just so that we can package this thing together that's that's just not where we're at. And if he's saying that's what, if we were going to get, if we were going to buy our way in through talent, showrunner included, we would have to have that level of money to make a difference. Yeah. And even then it wouldn't be a guarantee. He's basically, I think there was an implied like, oh, you'll definitely get in the room then. And yeah, your chances will be a lot higher if Steven Spielberg is, is you know, running this thing. But um he gets told no for whatever reason too, you know, maybe not as often as other people, but like, there's a reason that JJ Abrams at bad robot, he's optioning material all the time internally and, and having development pitches and stuff made, right. Because there's, there's not hundred percent that all of those are going to get made. Uh, even he needs volume of ideas. Right. So, um, and it's not like he doesn't have access to some fairly, you know, fairly middleweight to heavyweight, fighters himself so um yeah and so that that's the what's we we've got the right strategy for when we are established and credible that's the that's what it seems like to me is like when when we're trey parker and matt stone then we can say oh yeah we're gonna do this thing yeah we'll put these people together package it get in front of the room 50 50 shot of it making uh we'll see but given that we we want this thing to work yeah <laughs> you know, we don't have this breadth of option content to say well let's try that let's try that let's try this other thing yeah then it might push us into um a different territory to prove that we can generate that audience having people not want to watch it, but they're very engaged, I think would still be better than 
I watched it, but what the hell is this? I don't understand. And that's part of what, what uh, this person was saying is he, he didn't, given that he was coming to it completely uh, out of context, we tried to test it with other people. What does this feel like? What, what do you think is going on? So some people got it, but they might not have been sure that they got it. And there's an element to how, how do you tease the mystery of it without yeah. giving too much away? Um, and remember, he's coming at it from an executive standpoint. They are notorious. They need to know what it is upon watching it so that they can, if they're really that excited about it, they got to walk down the hall to their boss and described it perfectly, right? Whereas yep. as an audience, you can have questions in your head and that's the whole like, Ooh, there's a, mm, I better click on this because I don't know what it is, you know, like and I need to find out, you know? Well, that's fair. And that's, it kind of goes to a point that uh, when we talked with our uh, director friend and showed him uh, the trailer, he said, remember, this is for an executive. This isn't for the general audience executives need to know more about what's going on. You might want to think about positioning this kiss uh, earlier so that you get the twist. Yeah. When, and, and at the time I'm hearing it and thinking, well, it, it makes it less interesting in one respect, but also makes it more clear. And what I liked about the way that um, uh, Brian and Dave were able to edit this thing together was to create multiple what's going on wait what's going on yeah wait what's going on yeah like that that seemed to be interesting so it could be that if we created this thing to be engaging from that respect it might lend itself to be more interesting for general audience he didn't say the words but he mentioned graphic novels you know image is a is a great example and a great publisher of graphic novels that went on to become The Walking Dead or Invincible mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Um, he mentioned an animated, and I, like, what if like one of the things we just test like a story is animated and it's not, it's just like, yeah, for this one, we're testing that that version of the medium. And, and it's sort of like, a, there was a compendium that went out with The Matrix when the trilogy came out called The Animatrix and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah it was just a bunch of short stories right and they were just like did nothing to do with the main storyline but you got a broader sense of what the world was like um which was really fun and things like that i mean he's basically saying make it so undeniable that when you do get in the room and he's right you can always go back to the other model that'll always be there when you do get in the room though you are it's you're really hard to deny you at that point because you're coming mm -hmm. with a million, two million, three million eyeballs, right? Um, but if it hits, I mean, if it's a YouTube channel or a podcast and it gets 100,000 engaged, subscribed, paying patrons, you know, like that's not nothing. Um, obviously a bigger number, like a million would be better. 500,000 sounds, you know, like how much, if we did a little research and we, and we broke out how much does it cost basically? How much money do you need to spend in order to get one audience member per medium for a podcast, for a YouTube channel, for, is it better just to shoot a film 
and then go out and try and sell that. I mean, a film requires less, less gatekeeping as well. Um, and then do you sell that at AFM and then it happens to garner some audience that way, you know, like, what is it? Um, so what, what it's having me think is what was this executive's main concern? His main uh, concern was that we didn't have an audience like that. If he was in a position to make a decision uh, and he got presented with this concept, he would likely say no to us if we didn't have a baked in audience that we could showcase. Yes, yes, so we've got this interesting concept and yes, yes, it's not uh, very common that people are coming up with concepts like this, but does anyone wanna see it? You don't have any proof? Okay, then probably it's not. big, right? And it's big, it wasn't just he said, it's not a cop show, it's not a procedural. It's not something where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep, we know that works, right? It's a big idea. And therefore it needed an audience even more. Um, right. That it would both lend itself to audience building more than a procedural. And it requires proof of that. Yeah. It's IP. It's, it's exactly what we were saying earlier. It's exactly what our suspicions were when we were dissecting, like, why would you give Trace, Train, Matt? 900 million why would you give you know reese witherspoon well reese is probably optioned every major new york times seller under the sun and matt and trey made south park you know and book of mormon and all this stuff um why would you spend 250 million on lord of the rings when there's already been a trilogy that's been made and another trilogy after that like well because it's a big world and it's valuable ip it spans generations of fans, Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel. We have suddenly found ourselves needing to create a franchise, a world of IP. Because we're not Jordan Peele, you know, because we don't have the ability to go, oh, yeah, I made that really kick-ass horror film, psychological horror film. And now, you know, I mean, shit, even that he probably could raise the money because he had Key and Peel. Like he had proof of audience, right? Like even he had proof of audience. Mm -hmm. This was a good conversation, though. It's really elicited. I like it because it's left us stirred up a little bit so that we can see, we can scrutinize ourselves once again. Um, yeah. On our next episode, we'll talk about the outcome of the call with the former studio head. Namely, what are we going to do to build? a bona fide fan base. Tune in next time for Two Guys Making a TV Show.